Hello all my nieces and nephews and welcome to Auntie Jojo's Library. My library is open to all listeners but it was specifically created for my seven wonderful nieces and nephews. Auntie Jojo has to apologize. The library has unfortunately been closed the past week. I was busy with work and painting and seeing my nieces and nephews and I wasn't able to read on the podcast. However, this week I will be releasing two episodes as we finish the Calico Illustrated Classics, Little Women. This episode we will be reading chapters 11 through 16, and then we will finish the book in the next episode, which will be released the day after this one. Let's get started. Chapter 11, Meg's New Life. Meg began her life determined to be a model housekeeper. She wanted John to always find a happy home with a smiling wife and a wonderful and wonderful food. But she became too tired to even smile at times. They were very happy. At first they played house and worked on it like children. Then John spent more time at the business and Meg took on doing work around the home and the yard. A year went by, and at midsummer, Meg became a mother. Lori snuck into the kitchen one Saturday. How's little mama? Why didn't you tell me? Lori said. She's happy as a queen, Hannah said. They're all upstairs. I'll send them to you in the parlor. Joe came, carrying a blanketed bundle. Shut your eyes and hold out your arms. No, I'd rather not, Lori said, backing into a corner. I'll drop it. Then you won't see it at all. Joe turned as if to go. Wait, but I would be responsible. Lori shut his eyes while shut his eyes while something was put into his arms. Laughter from Joe, Amy, Miss March, and Hannah caused him to open his eyes. He saw two babies instead of one. Twins, he said. Then he turned to the women and shouted, Take them, quick! I'm going to laugh and I'll drop them. John rescued his babies and walked with one under each arm. Lori laughed and Joe said, I wouldn't let anyone tell you because I wanted to surprise you. It's a boy and a girl. Aren't they beauties? The proud father said. The boy is named John Lawrence and the girl Margaret. We shall call her Daisy so we won't have two Megs. Name the boy Demi John and call him Demi, Lori said. Joe clapped her hands. I knew Teddy would pick it right. Daisy and Demi. Chapter 12, Amy Goes Abroad. One day a letter came from Aunt Carol that made Miss March smile. Aunt Carol is going abroad next month and wants Amy to go with her. Joe frowned. Amy's too young. It's my turn first. Miss March said that it was Amy who Aunt Carol invited. Amy has all the fun and I have all the work, cried Joe. The letter explained that she had thought of inviting Joe, but Joe's blunt manners and hatred of the French made her decide to ask Amy instead. Amy went through her paints and drawing pencils. This will decide my career, she said. I shall find it in Rome and prove it. Joe sewed new collars for Amy's clothes. Her eyes red as she said, What if you don't find it there? Then I'll come home and teach drawing for my living. Amy said. Joe said, no, you won't. You don't like hard work and will marry someone rich. Your wishes are always granted. Never mind. Amy asked if Joe would like to go on the trip. She said, yes. Amy said, in a year or two, I'll send for you. There wasn't much time to get ready. Joe waited until Amy left and went off alone to cry until she couldn't cry anymore. 
As the ship was about to leave, Amy realized that a whole ocean would soon be between her and those she loved. She hugged on Lori and said, take care of them for me. Amy sailed away to find the old world, and her father and friend her father and friend watched as she waved goodbye. Amy wrote letters home about her adventures in London at Hyatt Park and going to the theater. Old friends from home, Fred and Frank Vaughn, were in London and went along with them. She told of her many good times talking with them, especially Fred. She told of sailing trips up the Rhine River. At one time, Fred and students that he knew serenaded them all. Amy decided it was the most romantic thing she had ever seen, and they threw down flowers when the boys were done. She wrote, The next morning, Fred showed me one of the crumpled flowers in his pocket. I told him it was not mine, but Flo's. He threw it out the window. I'm afraid I'm going to have trouble with that boy. I haven't flirted, mother. I can't help it if people like me. I've made up my mind. If Fred asks me to marry him, I will accept. I'm not madly in love, but I like him and we get along. He is handsome, young, and clever, and very rich, even more than the Lawrences. One of us must marry well. Meg didn't, Joe won't, and Beth is too young. I wouldn't marry a man I hated, I promise. I know that in time I will grow to love Fred. I know he is fond of me. I can see it in the things he does. One day he can come hurry one day he can't he came hurrying to tell me that he had a letter begging him to come home because Frank is very ill. He said when he left, I shall soon come back. Don't forget me. We will soon meet in Rome. If I don't change my mind, I'll say yes, thank you when he asks. Don't worry about me. I won't do anything too quick. I wish I could see you all for a good talk. Anyways, love you, Amy. Chapter 13. Tender Troubles. I'm worried about Beth, Miss March said to Joe one day. It's not her health, it's her spirits. I want you to find out what's on her mind. When Joe asked why she thought she thought this. Her mother explained that Beth didn't talk to her father like she used to, sat alone, and she was always crying over Meg's babies. Her songs are always the sad ones. This isn't Beth. I'm worried. I'll take care of Beth's troubles and then tell you mine, Joe said. Joe watched Beth and finally decided on what she believed might be wrong with her. While looking out the window one day, someone passed by and called out. Beth leaned forward and smiled. How strong and well and happy that dear boy looks. Joe watched Beth and then slipped away. Goodness, Beth loves Lori. I never dreamed of such a thing. She stared at the boy's picture on the wall. It would be awful if he doesn't love her back. He must. I'll make him. Joe watched Lori that night closer than ever before. As usual, Beth lay on the sofa and Lori sat in a low chair nearby, telling her all types of stories and gossip. Sometimes he bent low and talked quietly to her, seemed a little forgetful, and settled the afghan on Beth's feet in a gentle way. Who knew? Hmm, who knows, thought Joe. Stranger things have happened. Joe felt that she should get out of the way and search for a place to sit. She grabbed her favorite pillow. She took it to the corner, and a few minutes later, Lori sat down next to her inside. Joe snapped at him, but he asked her to be nice. After studying myself to a skeleton all week, a fellow deserves some nice treatment and should get it. Beth, Beth will treat you nice. I'm busy, Joe said. Lori said, no, she's not to be bothered with me. But do you hate your boy? 
she told him that she she told him that he could not be flirting all the time with silly girls. He promised that he would stop and was ready for a modest girl. Joe agreed, but told him that he should wait until he was done with college. You're not half good enough for... She stopped, since she almost said her sister's name. No, I'm not, Lori said, lowering his eyes. That night, she heard a sob come from Beth. She ran to her bedside. Is it your old pain? No, Beth said. A new one, but I can bear it. Tell me, Joe said. Beth hugged her sister and cried. You can't. There's no cure. I'll call mother, Joe said, but Beth said but Beth said she was better, thanks to Joe's comfort. Joe went to her mother a few days later and told her that she wanted to go away somewhere that winter. I want something new. Where? her mother asked. To New York. Miss Kirk wrote to you about someone to teach her children and so I'll see new things to write about. Is that the only reason, her mother asked. Joe said, I'm afraid Lori's getting too fond of me. I love him as I always have, and that's all. Her mother said, good. I don't think you are suited for one another outside of being friends. The night before she left, Joe, Joe told Beth, one thing I leave to your special care. You mean your writing papers, Beth asked. No, my boy. Be very good to him. Beth said, I will, but he'll miss you and maybe be sad, but I'll do my best. She wondered why Joe looked at her so strangely. When Lori said goodbye, he whispered, it won't be, it won't do a bit of good, Joe. My eye is on you. Be careful or I will come and bring you home. Joe's journey to New York began in sadness as she lost sight of her father's face. But as she traveled, she began to enjoy it with all her heart. She was welcomed kindly from Miss Kirk. She was welcomed kindly from Miss Kirk, even though the house was big and full of strangers in the school and boarding house. Joe liked the place very much. On the way downstairs, after seeing her room, she saw a man walking up behind a servant girl. The girl was carrying a heavy coal bucket, and he took it for her. When she asked about him, Miss Kirk explained that he was Professor Bear from Berlin, and he was always doing kind things. The next day, after the girl's she was caring for went for a walk. Joe sat working on needlework. She heard someone humming a German tune. She peeked in the room nearby and saw Professor Bear. He was a large man with a bushy beard. He was not handsome, but Joe immediately liked him. Later, she decided to eat dinner with him and the other adults in the house, rather than the children she watched over. She was shy about it, but curious. At the end of the table was the professor. The next evening, Joe was sitting with Miss Kirk when Professor Bear came in to bring her newspaper. Joe and Professor Bear were introduced. Later, she saw him trying to mend his socks, and she felt sorry for him. A few days after she heard a loud noise in the parlor, she entered and saw Professor Bear on his hands and knees with the children, riding him like a horse. Joe stayed and enjoyed the fun and games of playing tag, dancing, and singing. She listened as the professor told fairy stories to the children. Soon, Joe and the professor became very good friends. Joe agreed to do his mending to thank him for all the books he loaned her. He told her that he would teach her some German. Joe wrote journals and letters to her mother. She was happy that Lori seemed happy. At Christmas time, Joe was wonderfully surprised by a box of gifts from home. And on New Year's Day, Professor Bear gave her a set of Shakespeare books. She had put little things around the room that he would find. I had a very happy new year, she wrote home. I am cheerful all the time, work hard, and take care of an interest in other people. 
and take more care of an interest in other people than I used to. Jo still found time for writing her stories. She took to writing the thrilling stories that were very popular. She took her first story to the editor of the newspaper. When she went back again, he said that he would buy the story, but he did not like her trying to tell the moral of the story. People want to be entertained, he said. He offered her $25, and she agreed. Soon she was writing many more stories full of bandits and gypsies. The readers did not care about correct grammar and punctuation, or even if the story was believable. Soon she had quite a bit of money saved. She wanted to take Beth to the mountains next summer. One thing bothered her about what she was doing. She could not tell her family back home of her stories. She had a feeling her parents would not approve. One day, Professor Bear sat beside her. When he saw a newspaper with a picture of crazy man, a dead man, a villain, and a snake, he talked of how much he disliked such stories. Joe blushed. She was happy it wasn't the paper she wrote stories for, but she knew her stories were like those stories. People like these stories, she tried to say. Many good people make a living writing them. Professor Bear threw the paper into the fire. Just because people like certain things that may harm them, it doesn't mean that it isn't right to give them such things. Okay, let's try that again. He threw the paper into the fire. Just because people like certain things that may harm them, it isn't right to give them such things. Joe agreed with him and decided to burn her piles of newspapers with her stories in them. Now, three months of her work was a pile of ashes. Sometimes she wished father and mother hadn't raised her to be so careful about right and wrong. She decided to put her pen down for a while. Joe stayed with Miss Kirk until June. Everyone seemed sorry to see her leave, especially the children. She told Professor Bear that she would come that she told Professor Bear that he should come see her sometimes if he was ever traveling near her home. Come next month when Lori graduates. Is he your best friend? The professor asked. Joe said yes, and that she was very proud of him. She did not notice how Professor Bear's face changed when he thought that maybe Lori was more than a friend to Joe. I'm afraid I cannot come, but I wish your friend the best and you all the happiness. Later, the professor thought about Joe and leaned his head on his hands. On his hands. Then he walked around his room as if searching for something he could not find. It is not for me. I must not hope for it, he said. Early the next morning, he went to the train station to say goodbye to Joe. Thanks to him, she began her journey home with a happy thought. The winter is gone, and I've written no books and not earned a fortune, but I've made a friend worth having. I will try to keep him all of my life. Chapter 14, Heartache Lori graduated from college with honors. The Marches and his grandfather were there to give a speech. When Joe returned home, she met him for a walk, but did not hold his arm as usual. Soon, the talk between them was silent. You must take a good long vacation, she said. I plan to, Lori said. Joe looked at him and saw him staring at her in a way that she knew the dreaded moment had come. She said, no, Teddy, please don't. I will, he said, grabbing her hand. You must hear me. We've got to talk about it. Joe promised to listen. Lori said, I've loved you ever since I've known you, Joe. I can't wait any longer to tell you. I never wanted to make you care for me, Joe said. I don't understand why I can't love you as you want. I've tried, but I can't change how I feel. 
Is this true, Joe? Lori asked. Joe said, really, truly. Lori dropped her hands and turned to go. I'm so sorry, Joe said. People can't make themselves love someone. Lori, I want to tell you something. No, Lori cried. Don't tell me you love that old man. Lori told her that he was talking about the professor she was always writing about from New York. Joe laughed. He isn't old or anything bad. He's the best friend I have next to you. I haven't the least idea of loving him or anything else. I'll never love anyone else, Lori shouted. Joe told him she still did not... She, Joe told him she still had not said what she wanted to say. Having hope in his heart, he sat down in the grass at her feet. Everyone expects it of us. I can't go on without you. Say you will marry me and let's be happy together, Lori said. I don't believe I will ever marry, Joe said. I'm happy as I am. Lori jumped up and said, you'll be sorry someday, Joe. As he rowed away in his boat on the river, Joe went straight to Mr. Lawrence to tell him what had happened. When Lori came home, he played so sadly on the piano that his grandfather went to him and put his hands kindly on his shoulder. I know what has happened, Mr. Lawrence said. He told Lori that the best thing to do was to go away for a while. He had promised that Lori could travel after college. Lori sighed and sadly said, it doesn't matter where I go or what I do. Chapter 15, Beth's Secret. Joe could see the change in Beth when she said, when she came home that spring. Her heart was sad at the sight of Beth's thin face. Her skin looked almost as if you could see through it. Joe showed Beth her savings from the mountain trip, but for the mountain trip, but Beth begged her not to go so far from home. She agreed to another small visit to the lakeshore seashore. One day when Joe thought Beth was asleep, she looked for a color in Beth's cheeks but saw none. It came to her that Beth was slowly drifting away from her. Beth looked up at her. Joe, I'm glad you know. I've tried to tell you, but I couldn't. Don't be sad about me. Is this why you were so unhappy in the fall? Joe asked. Yes, Beth said. I gave up hope then. Though, I've tried to pretend it wasn't so. When I saw you all strong and full of plans, it was hard to feel I could never be like you. Oh, Beth, Joe could only cry. I don't want to frighten you and Marmy and worry Meg. And with Amy away and you happy with Lori, I thought, I thought you loved him. And I went away because I couldn't, cried Joe. Beth was surprised. But he could never be anything but a brother to me. You must get well, Joe said. I want to, Beth said. I try every day, but every day I get a little worse. Beth made Joe promise to tell her family they got home, to tell her when the family got home, but Joe hoped they would see it on their own. Beth was quiet. I don't know how to say this, but I believe I was never intended to live as long. I never had plans for when I grew up like you all or even thought about being married. I'm not afraid, but I feel I will be homesick for you even in heaven. Joe said, Amy is coming home in the spring and you shall be ready to see her. I'm going to have you well by then. But Beth said, don't hope anymore. It won't do any good. We will enjoy being together while we can and have happy times. Joe leaned down to kiss Beth's sweet face. She dedicated herself completely to Beth. When they got home, mother and father saw what they had hoped was not true. Beth went straight to bed. 
Father leaned his head against the fireplace and did not turn. Mother held her arms out as if to help Joe. Joe ran to comfort her without word. Chapter 16. New Impressions On Christmas Day in nice France, it was a beautiful day for a walk. A tall young man walked slowly. There were plenty of pretty girls to see, but he didn't pay attention except to look at some blonde girl or someone in a blue dress as if watching for someone. Then a woman hurried down the street. The young woman, a blonde, was dressed in blue. He waved his hat at her like a little boy. Lori, is that you? I thought you'd never get here, Amy cried. Lori said, I promised to spend Christmas with you and here I am. They climbed into the carriage and drove away as Amy told him about the Christmas party at their hotel that evening. He told her how he had spent a month in Berlin, then joined his grandfather in Paris. He will be there with friends for the winter. Lori explained that his grandfather hated to travel and he hated to stay still. So when Mr. Lawrence stayed with friends, Lori could travel and then go back to see him. He praised Amy when she spoke, spoke French and told her how charming she was. Amy went to the post office to get letters from home. She was sad to see word that Beth was doing poorly and thought about going home, but her mother had, to had told her to stay. That night, she dressed up very nice. She saw her old friend Lori in a new light, not as our boy, but as a handsome man. She wore a white silk ball dress. She put her hair and she put her hair and put bunches of Whew. She put her hair up and put bunches of azalea flowers in her skirts. When Lori arrived, he complimented her. He gave her flowers in a little holder for her wrist. They danced together until others came to dance with her. When he sat down to watch as she danced, he studied her and decided that little Amy was going to make a very charming woman. When all the dancing was done, Lori hurried away to bring her some food. He devoted himself to her for the rest of the evening. Their invest in one another grew. Their interest in one another grew, even without them knowing. But soon Amy began to see the things in Lori she did not like. He promised to go visit his grandfather, but he did not. She and her aunt began calling him Lazy Lawrence, but it did not bother him. He told her also about how Joe did not love him the way he loved her. Then he got angry when Amy called him Teddy, the name Joe always called him. They argued back and forth until Amy finally gave him the sketch she had been working on. He stared at the long, lazy figure on the grass with a half-shut eyes. You drew so well, he said. Is it me? Amy laid another sketch beside it. That is as you are. This is as you were. The older sketch was full of life and spirit. It was of him taming a horse, and his attitude was full of energy and meaning. He blushed from the lesson she had given him. They laughed and talked all the way home. When he bent to kiss her, she told him to be, him, to be himself. He gave her a hearty English handshake as before. The next morning, he wrote her a note. It said, Tell your aunt goodbye. Your lazy Lawrence has gone to his grandfather. Have a wonderful winter. I'm glad he's gone, Amy said. Her smile turned to a frown as she looked around the empty room. I'm glad, but I will miss him. Thank you so much for joining me in my library for, these, for the reading of these chapters.
sorry. I know that I've had some mess ups and some bloopers while reading these stories, and I keep getting my words mixed up, but that's okay because when you're reading, you can do that. You can read and reread until you understand a sentence that you read. Sometimes Auntie Jojo has to reread a whole entire chapter because she didn't understand it the first time. I don't know if that happens to you, but if it does, you can send me an email at auntiejojoslibrary at gmail.com. Tell me your funny story or ways that help you get through reading a chapter and better understanding it. You can also follow me on Instagram at auntiejojoslibrary. If you have story suggestions, go ahead and send them over to my email. Be looking out for tomorrow's episode as we finish reading the Calico Illustrated Classics Little Women. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.